Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World, episode 116. I'm your host, John Jordan, and very pleased joining me today is Rahul Sood, who is the CEO of Irreverent Labs. How's it going, Rahul? It's going well. Thanks for having me today. No, 116 no episodes, wow. What are, you've yeah. been up to... <laughs> You've been busy. I've not been busy. That, that's the hilarious thing. It's t- taken me like over four years. <laughs> so, wow. so I just I go through spurts where I get sort of really active. I'm in a spurt at the moment, so so I'm doing quite a lot at the moment. But then I go through other times where I get really lazy. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm showing I have I have a certain amount of persistence at least to uh, to keep going. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we're mainly going to talk about uh, Mecca Fight Club, which is your sort of big uh, NFT project running on Solana, which you sort of uh, are in the, I guess, the early stages of, um, we'll get into all that. But um, first question, I guess, a bit more um, to find out about, about you. You've been around, um, not in a rude way, but you've been around for a long time. You've done a lot of things. Um, uh, and so it's good to get like just a snapshot of, of what you were doing, I guess, a bit before sort of crypto blockchain, how about how you got into that. You got into that fairly early and, and we're building there and, and take us take us through to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, you know, I've I've been a uh, in gaming and entertainment my entire career. Um, I started my, my first gaming company when I was in high school, and uh, it was a it was a high end PC gaming company that got acquired by Hewlett Packard. Um, I then was very deeply involved with another Canadian AR VR comp- company that mm-hmm. I would argue they they really started created metaverse as a as a thing. Uh, wow. They were okay. called Vervana. <laughs> yeah, they were called Vervana. Uh, and they they created a, a headset sort of like Oculus uh, meets with with cameras on the outside, so it was okay, a less cool. isolating experience, and the mm-hmm. cameras had zero latency. Um, this company got acquired by Apple in 2017, and I, I was uh, the first investor and and uh, and really headed up their strategy. Uh, cool. And um, I also joined Microsoft uh, for a, for a period of time. Um, I was uh, I created Microsoft Ventures with my current business partner. Uh, that was in 2010, um, mm-hmm. and I did that for about four years. And then right after that, uh, I started Unicorn. I left Microsoft to start this this esports and betting company uh, back in 2014. We were building on blockchain. It was pretty early, kind of uh, in 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 Bitcoin. Kind of a skeptic in 2013, and then and then really mm-hmm. bullish in 2014. I changed my tune quickly, and um, <laughs> and 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 I also was uh, the first investor in Zed Run, which is this yes. horse racing game on blockchain. Uh, so I've been in this play to earn space for for a long period of time. Um, uh, last year, Entain acquired Unicorn, and I uh, met with my partner from Microsoft Ventures, and uh, we decided to start Irreverent Labs. Uh, we started it last September, so basically a year ago, um, you know, was when this company started. Cool, excellent. Covered lots of there. We're not going to dig into it, but I, I, I remember Unicorn. I had to uh, had uh, had had an account there, and that was kind of really cool to mess around with. Um, Zed Run yeah. as well. I mean, that's again sort of a project. Interesting. It could be its own podcast because it's still you know sort of uh, launched very early. I had to sort of I guess a bit of a reset, and it's doing quite well again now. I mean, stuff running on Ethereum mainnet. <laughs> so obviously yeah. had it had it had its problems. Um, but uh, let, let's focus on where we are now. So. Um, uh, Mecca Fight Club. Um, what's the what's the sort of elevator pitch? What's the what's the what's the one liner on that? Because it is um, it seems to be. I mean, you seem to be Irreverent Labs seems to be well well named at least if that's what I gather yeah. from sort of what you're doing with Mecca Fight Club. Yeah, Irreverent Labs is a company from the future, uh, and we're building a fighting game from the future. Uh, Mecca Fight Club is a fighting game where um, every single character in the game is an individually unique, artificially intelligent NPC. Um, so the, 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 there's no like typical human interaction with a game controller mm. fighting. Yep. 
it's uh, the, the, the interaction is you interacting with your mechabot that you personally train and own um, and uh, learning from them and training them new moves and tricks, uh, things like that. Yeah. Basically building an emotional bond between the players and the characters. Mm-hmm. Why chickens? <laughs> <laughs> why, why chicken? Without being too rude about it. But... <laughs> yeah, l- l- listen, our, our, our game is basically, it, it, it crosses uh, different cultural boundaries. So it crosses mm. culture. Uh, yeah. It crosses humor. So it's mm. sort of like, um, you know, the, the way I describe it to people, it's like Tamagotchi uh, meets Pokemon with yeah. the fighting style of, of uh, Mortal Kombat or Street mm. Fighter and the sense of humor of Family Guy and South Park, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's this like new era of entertainment. We think that the future of entertainment is where culture crosses brands, it crosses, you know, uh, um, entertainment in a way and, and gaming in a way that, that has, has never really been done before and, and underpinned with really deep technology. Um, mm. So why chickens? I don't know, it's funny. <laughs> no, but it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe maybe we need no 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 deeper sort of analysis. Than this, this yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it is it is kind of absurd when you think about it. I mean, we started yeah. this game in last September. We raised yeah. five million dollars right away, and then we raised yeah. another forty million dollars three months yeah. later. Yeah. You know, um, building a futuristic cockfighting game, right? And the people who invested <laughs> in us aren't stupid. Like no. they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. They invested yeah. in us because they. They, they they really see what we're building like we're mm. we're 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 building technology in this game that no one's done before and yeah. um you know and the type of tech that we're building is so unique and so interesting it can span other other titles uh mm. it can uh, it can help underpin other you know futuristic gaming studios yeah, so yeah. um yeah it's pretty neat and i guess it's always the the sort of i think the first level of learning about NFTs is is the NFT itself, what it looks like and what its form is, is sort of irrelevant. I mean, I guess we have that, you know, the sort of the meme of monkey picks now. And it's, you know, the, the fact what it is, you know, I mean, some of them stick, a lot of them don't. But if you get it to stick, what it is, obviously, it has to, I guess it has to either attract at some high end level or I always thought the Gary V NFTs were brilliant because they were clearly ter- They were like the worst drawn NFTs ever because Gary V can't draw. But because Gary V had drawn them that was that, that was what people coalesced around so that, that's sort of the i always think sort of the whenever people says the nfts aren't very good then that you sort of understand they haven't learned it and i had to learn that lesson because i lots yeah, of I, mean, NFTs I, I looked at as i don't like them but it's like that's not the point <laughs> yeah no I, I i'm with you there like i think i think uh, i'd like to be on the other side of that where you know we're we're taking that idea of art uh yeah. and we're breathing life into it with with uh with ai um, yeah. and, and, and so we're, we're, we're breathing life into art essentially, and yeah. we're actually creating really beautiful art. Uh, yeah. you know, we have amazing artists on our team. Our, our lead concept artist is somebody that I've known for years, who is probably one of the best living artists that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he's fantastic. We're, we're investing a lot into our art and, and the tech that we're building. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, Obviously, AI very, uh, very of the moment at the moment with all these sort of AI, AI um, art and video stuff that's being produced. Um, and there are, have been a few, and there are a few NFTs doing sort of AI at various levels. Obviously, the tricky sort of thing with AI is it, it is slightly uncontained, which is sort of the you know sort of the feature of it. Um, but that's also why I guess sort of the full set of AI sort of features haven't been used very much in games because you tend not to get a very good gaming experience. So. In terms of sort of where you are with these, you know, these, these, these uh, AI sort of 
uh, you know, mecha cop things that you've got to be trading. How, 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 have you, have you had to control the AI or have you sort of constrained that? How have you made that sort of fun as an experience rather than it being sort of a bit of a black box that people feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. have no control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, look, it's a good question. Um, it, it sort of starts with, um, with the player getting to know their character in this, yeah. uh, in this experience we call the dojo. Um, yeah. and you know, in, in the dojo, people, uh, will, will see their bird and they'll discover yeah. their bird and their bird will, uh, recognize them as they kind of open and start interacting okay. with them. Mm-hmm. The, the more human interaction that the birds get, the happier they are and the better they fight. Um, you know, the, 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 the training is super interesting because we're, we're, we, we, we literally have hundreds of moves that we're building in the can that are kind of, uh, mimic other moves from other types of fight uh, fighting, okay. whether it's mm. movies or uh, you know entertainment uh, or uh, actual fighting styles, we're training these birds with different types of fighting styles, and um, and you get to train your bird. You get to sort of pick moves and and kind of train it over time so that it, it prepares itself for the octagon, which is like the mm. big you know the, the big event. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, yeah. So, so the 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 birds fight in uh, amateur fights in something called the cockpit. They have professional mm. fights in the octagon, and every few okay. months there's a, a a big event called the acocalypse, where they all kind of get together <laughs> in a royal rumble uh, type okay. event, and they and they fight. Okay. Um, yeah. And if I've been reading it right, though, there is some. Not all AIs are created equal, so they will have sort of inherent traits, I suppose. So how how does that sort of play into the, right. into the sort of so, so we're using AI and machine learning in a couple of different ways in the game. Uh, the number one thing is we're using something called... Um, it, it's, it's something that's used in, in like autonomous vehicles. It's called agent okay. simulation AI, which is, mm-hmm. which is uh, really widely used in autonomous vehicles. It's a way for us to train the birds how to fight, to train, you know, to train moves... Uh, to get them to kind of learn basic moves and how to move, how to fight with with their wings, with their magic moves that they have, uh, and that sort of thing. The only thing about like agent simulation AI is it it, it doesn't really breathe personality into the birds. It's just basically mm-hmm. here's how you fight, uh, and that's it. Now, how do we how do we bring emotion and personality into the birds? We're actually imbuing every single bird in this game with their own DNA. Using a um, using a genome, uh, chicken genome. It's called the Gallus Gallus uh, genome. We're basically taking this data set and we're modifying it uh, for Mecha Fight Club with traits that that um, that are specifically for the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're imbuing each and every chicken with their own DNA. Um, okay. So <laughs> so you, you you don't know whether you're going to end up with like a funny bird or like an angry bird or you know a sad bird. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, they 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 sort of they sort of get their personality when they're born yeah. uh and then uh and then you know you are helping to develop that over time hmm. usually, you, you know usually the way it, it would work with ai is the more data that it you know is gathered the, the 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 more developed they get so so what what's really neat about this uh, which is which is way different from any nft project that you've seen hmm. is um we're building the first sort of living breathing nft that becomes increasingly unique over time yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's not like in in these other projects that you kind of talked about earlier, like the apes and the cartoons or whatever. They have these things called traits. Yeah. Uh, you know, where they say, oh, you know, this guy has a cigar in his mouth, and this one's got a blue hat. Oh, if it has a blue hat, it's more rare because it has yeah. a gold tooth. Like, the, the, those are very basic ways of looking at rarity, and and I would look at those as sort of the most 
the, the, the biggest reason that 97, 98% of the NFT projects from the last year or so will fail. Uh, because that's just the, 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 that's only in the eye of the beholder what that rarity is. Not every project is going to end up being a, a board ape yacht club or a, or you know crypto punks. It's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you know we're we are uh, we're, we're building a game where there's like 200 traits going into each bird, and okay. as I said, they become increasingly unique over time, which mm -hmm. makes it that much more interesting. Like we're, yeah. we're 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 using technology in a way that no one has yet in this space. So it's sort of which makes it even harder for us actually, because even hiring yeah. those types of people is not easy. So yeah, yeah, it's not, not traditional games people. So so would it be sort of correct uh, to say these are sort of dynamic NFTs then? And it, is that all being stored on chain? Because that sort of then becomes the, sort of the issue with a lot of this. When you, the more data you're producing, how do you know how do you um, associate that with an NFT without? becoming decentralized or maybe you have to become decentralized uh, sorry centralized um, to actually get it the system to work um so so sorry what what, what are you asking so as, as these things sort of evolve yeah you have these sort of dynamic nfts i guess i'm calling them i don't know if that's right. something you'd agree with is that data you can store on chain or is, do you have to oh, have a, take a bit, bit more sort of hybrid approach to how it's, how it's a hybrid approach 100 yeah. percent hybrid approach so yeah. so the ai lives with us uh yeah. but but the, but the user owns the NFT, they own the artwork, uh, they have yeah. the rights to that art. Uh, okay. But in order to to plug it into the game, that has to they have to connect it to our to our platform. Yeah. Right. So we're creating this kind of interesting wallet authentication. Um, we're getting rid of uh, email authentication. We use Magic Link right now. We're getting rid of all of that, and we're creating this yeah. whole new wallet authentication uh, okay. that authenticates the owner. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's so it's a bit of a, a centralized decentralized approach. Yeah. So to date, in terms of, I mean, there may be other, other things, but in terms of sort of your NFTs, you've done the first, can I get this right, 6,969? Is that the first, that, that's what you've done is your first mint of a 41,000 total mint of these so, Genesis so, ones, is that right? So actually, no, what we did no. was we created, uh, we, we discovered 6,969 alien eggs in Las yeah. Vegas in the year 2140. We yeah. sold about 2,100 or 2,200 okay. of them. Um, and uh, the rest of the eggs are kept as eggs for now. Okay. Um, right. Eventually, we'll release more of those eggs, but at mm. the moment, we we don't need to. Um, okay. Okay. You know, we we don't we don't need to sell eggs to uh, to no. build this game, right? What no. what we wanted to do was was give a small part of our community access to the game, access to these eggs, so we could start to do beta testing and things like that okay. with them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and but there is a there is a fixed supply of these eggs there and is also, so like in the world in, in the world uh, the aliens left behind 41,000 of these eggs throughout the earth uh, 6,969 of them just happened to be in Las Vegas in the year 2140 okay. um, uh, there is a there, there's, there's a lot of ways for this game for people to interact with their with with their birds so obviously there's a dojo there's the cockpit and then the coctagon but we're also building a, a whole new breeding game uh, yes. So where, where the birds breed, uh, and then the, the the next generation is different from the first generation. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 a game in itself. The, the the breeding game is absolutely hilarious. Um, 
you can be an owner in the game. So you could you could own a cock or a hen uh, and yeah. sort of like you know breed birds. Um, mm. You could also own a hen house where where the breeding happens. You could own a coctagon or a cockpit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can you know you can sort of be an entrepreneur in the game and and uh, own a drug lab, for example, where where, <laughs> where drugs and perfor- performance enhancing drugs are allowed in the future in sport, right? Of so course, of course. Uh, so you can create performance enhancing drugs, you can create new bionics, like you can do all sorts of stuff in the drug lab, um, or you can just be a a, a viewer and mm-hmm. uh, a spectator gets to participate in the game as well. So you don't necessarily have to go out and buy an NFT to play the game. You mm-hmm. can be a viewer in the game and actually. Uh, collect stuff and uh, and do things interact with the game in a way that um you've never been able to do in a typical mm. esport let's just say. Yeah, yeah okay yeah and is is, is esports something that you're sort of strongly thinking of i mean esports is difficult because lots of people sort of want to do it but there is a sort of a you can't make an esport it has to sort of be adopted sort of model i right. think it seems to be but yeah, you, you, you can't force an eSport. So you can, mm. you know, you can come on and say, oh, yeah, eSports, just because it's a cool thing to say. But yeah. look, I, I've, I was in eSports for seven years with Unicorn, right? I know, mm. I know the space really well, and I know yeah. gaming very well. I know it takes a community to build mm. an eSport, uh, and really it's up to the community if it happens. But we're, we're, we're creating a game that's very watchable um, and, and highly interactive. So it's like an interactive, watchable experience. Eventually, you know, I'm sure it'll evolve into an eSport of some sort. Uh, but yeah, we we do we do feel that that's the direction that it'll end up going. And I think sort of more widely, there is, um, yeah, I think block, blockchain games are just more adapted to esports because they have you know hopefully have this sort of idea of an economy with sort of tokens and as you sort of described, there probably different layers for different types of people. So people who are playing, people who are owning at you know more high level or meta assets, and then spectators can do things as well. And and I think that's sort of what generally what esports as a as a sort of business has been missing um, for the last sort of 10 years where basically there is lots of community but there's there's nothing there's no value connecting them all and basically the the top teams win all the money and the money then goes out and they buy Porsches and everyone else sort of sits there trying to get some money from merchant advertising so I think I think a lot of those blockchain games actually you know have a better shot of becoming a sort of viable esport than than maybe other games have in the past yeah for sure no I I I generally agree with that I think I think uh a game has to be watchable. It has to be consumed yeah. by you know a lot of different people, um, and uh, I think that the thing that esports is lacking is a is a really good um, viewing experience. To be honest yeah. with you, like okay. uh, you know they're they're close, but they're not there yet. And this is why most games fail, uh, yeah. in, as an esport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, without without getting sort of too much into I mean not, not techy stuff, but into sort of chain wars. You're on you're on Solana. Was there any uh-huh. particular reason? I mean, why you, why you you thought that was the one to go for? Yeah, there's probably a lot of reasons why. Okay. Um, you know, the um, there, there's. I mean, as far as like the technical reasons, I think you you probably want to ask my my partner David, yeah. but I can just give you some sort of general ideas. You know, at the mm. end of the day, uh, we really had to think about um, the the growth of the game and and being able to support a number of transactions. Uh, mm. And as as transactions increase, do we really want to deal with gas wars? You know, do we want people spending more money on transaction fees than in the game itself? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's all these layer two solutions on Ethereum that we looked at. The problem there is it creates a level of complexity that's just not mm. unnecessary. You know, I, yeah. I feel like a lot of the games or all the games in this space are very complex just to get onboarded onto. It's really hard, right? It's mm. it's hard to it's even hard to buy an egg in Mecha yeah. Club, right? Uh, yeah. You know, connecting a wallet, getting a Phantom wallet, getting your Solana, trading it for an egg. That's all really difficult stuff. 
But what I can say is Solana sort of takes away a layer of that complexity, and they are they are very focused on this kind of gaming and entertainment space, and they're making it easy with really incredible team and really great tools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the transaction costs are definitely lower than Ethereum. Um, it's not as fragmented, and uh, yeah, and, and generally people like to develop in Rust. You know, so like our team mm-hmm. is. Uh, when, when we started this company, David and I really set out to build a, a top-tier development team. So we didn't go out and say, we're looking for blockchain developers. Because honestly, there's no such thing. You're, 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 you, can, you can be a coder uh, and, and you know, become a blockchain developer. Or you could be a software engineer and learn you know, Solana in less than two weeks and, and create really, really great software on top of Solana. And so mm. we're hiring the best software engineers that we can find. Um, mm. And they learn Solana, they, they know Rust, they, they learn it very quickly, it's mm. easy. And as um, somebody sort of sort of uh, you know being an entrepreneur in the tech space and, and, and game space and an investor and stuff, how do you see you know where are we in the sort of you know blockchain game sector at, at the moment? We sort of had twenty twenty one, this sort of everyone sort of having sort of be, being forced to to ad- address sort of the rise of Axie Infinity, and I kind of feel a little bit with with the trajectory of crypto in general and Axie Axie sort of in particular. A lot of people have just sort of just sort of said, well, that was a bit of a fad, wasn't it? Or, or you know. Not, not looked at it sort of very deeply. I mean, do you think we're in a sort of a long period of time now where we, where sort of nothing happens or how quickly can things change again? Uh, well, so, you know, I've been through three and a half yeah. bear markets uh, yeah, yeah. In, in this space. What's uh, half a bear and, market? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I guess you could say Silk Road was kind of a half oh, a bear market, okay. like, yeah, you yeah. know, then Mount Gox and then the ICO thing and then this, this yeah. NFT thing happened. Yeah. Um, I've seen it all basically and I, I can just say that, you know, generally speaking, the uh, it's not a fad. I, I, I do yeah. believe that the the we owe it to the play to earn the people that sort of pioneered this play to earn space to that they recognize or they created kind of a space where we recognize that people can actually earn money while playing a game. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that you know when they when they built it, they really didn't think deeply about economies. Yeah. Uh, in that um, you know in order for an economy to survive, it needs real world production. Um, and uh, and and your game needs to attract real-world productivity. Or if it doesn't, then mm. you're just creating sort of these magic coins. That yeah. if the yeah. if the uh, economy or sorry, if the player growth stagnates or the economy goes down, the whole thing can collapse. Right? They kind of mm. resemble mini Ponzi schemes, and that has to change. And mm. so I think well-funded companies like Axie Infinity will solve it. Zed Run will definitely solve it. Uh, it's going to take time. Um, mm. But um, you know that, that that's this is what happens in a new space like this. This is a hot, really, really new space. Um, for us, it's it's we're not focused on the general market economy. We're focused on building okay. a great game. If we build a great game, uh, you know, with a with this new form of entertainment that we're creating, and we do it well, we won't have to worry about market economies and stuff like that because we're we're. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're building a game that's built purely on on human production. So the the the, the more players we have, the the you know people that are actually uh, consuming the game, watching it, playing it, owning you know part of it, uh, that's that's just going to make us stronger over time. And by the way, the the bull market will come back <laughs> at yeah, some point. Yeah. It'll happen again. Bitcoin will will hit its all time high again. Uh, yeah. It'll 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 reach new levels. Uh, you know, I, I I really believe that, and I'm a I'm a huge believer in Bitcoin. So I I, I do think Bitcoin will continue to lead the way in this mm. in this uh, in this economy. Mm. Digging a little bit more into what you're saying about economies, I mean, I, I sort of broadly agree that if all you make is if 
if we make is, is a sort of an extractive system, then then it's impossible to balance it. But but you do, I, I guess, uh, you making a great blockchain, making a great game, and having blockchain is is that really enough? Or, or you know, you, you surely still have to think sort of quite carefully about the how, you know, what sort of assets you're producing or the players are producing, and at what scale and and how you know how quickly this stuff can be sort of um, removed from the system and how you can sort of counterbalance that in a sort of coherent way. So is there anything a bit more you can say in detail about how you're thinking about that sort of stuff? What, what, what I would say is I would highly recommend anyone interested in economies that we're, we're building something called the 100-year uh, economy. Uh, we're building okay. a 100-year DAO. Um, oh, well. in, in fact, uh, we, we have a podcast called the 100-year podcast that we just started today. Episode oh, cool. one. oh. Well, so, so it's not, not not as far as where, where you're at, but um, <laughs> but if you're going to go for hundred years, you yeah, we built an economy that's designed to last over a hundred years. It's designed to yeah. outlast us, um, yeah. and it's where you know as, as long as humans and 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 automated entertainment created by machines can continue to 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 last, this economy should last. Mm-hmm. Um, we created a white paper on it. It's uh, com slash baktoshi, uh, B-O-K-T-O-S-H-I. It was created uh, in the future by a descendant of uh, a gentleman by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, his name is Baktoshi Bakamoto. He's a chicken from the future. And he talks about this idea of, of proof of play, uh, which is this new concept uh, that's you know different from sort of proof of work. Um, and it's kind of uh, the future of entertainment. And really, it, it, it has to do with if, if, if we're creating entertainment, if we're creating roughly 200 days of entertainment every 30 days, uh, mm. you know, by, say, December this year, um, that entertainment needs to be consumable, but also it needs to attract brands and real-world uh, investment into the space. And, um, and if you get real-world investment into the space uh, and, and you have real work happening in the game, you can build a sustainable economy over mm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The- Given given that you're uh, irreverent labs and you're sort of doing all this sort of fun stuff, it, does that sort of clash slightly with this? Seems like you know rather serious, a hundred years sort of thinking, you know, think about the future and is it you know, I mean blockchain blockchain tends to do that. People tend to have these sort of deep thoughts, which I think is quite interesting as well. But but uh, should we be be worrying about a hundred years from now? Should we? Is that is that is that too grandiose? No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think, you know, uh, I think the future of entertainment is actually uh, work. Like, I think, yeah. I think uh, people will, 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 will work in, in these, you know, in mm. these sort of metaverse uh, mixed reality experiences. Yeah. Um, I think of, uh, I, I really, we, we don't throw the word metaverse around loosely, right? Like, yeah. I know a lot of people do, and they're like, oh, it's a big thing because Facebook renamed themselves to meta or whatever. But the reality is these, these mixed reality experiences are real. Uh, they are happening, and um, and you know, gaming ga- ga- like gaming is only getting older and younger. Meaning, uh, gamers <laughs> start out much earlier. They mm. play on iPads at two years old or one year old even, uh, mm. and they're getting older. Like I'm 50 and I still play video games every day, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 my point is that this 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 market is the demographic is expanding in both directions. And as it expands, as we get older, uh, we have to think about what does the future look like, right? Uh, you know, wh- what do people actually care about? They care about their health. They, do they care less about their online privacy? They care more about their online security. Um, you know, they, they care about certain things, but that also merges into entertainment somehow. Mm. You know, if you look at like sports, for example, um, I, I was in esports betting and sports betting, right? And so you think mm. about the viewing experience for sports, these, these, these big, 
you know, sporting leagues are trying to find new ways to make the viewing experience that much more interactive for people that are technology savvy. It's the same thing in gaming. Gaming is is really, uh, I think that the next iteration is about ownership, not not about earning. I don't no, think of play no. to earn as the right m uh, sort of mode. I think of it as like mm. ownership within the game. You know, yeah. if I could play League of Legends and have ownership in something that I do, that would change the game for me. That would change the dynamic completely. And, mm -hmm. and so we're building ownership in the game like no one else has ever done before. And we're doing this with, you know, using deep technology to create these individually neat characters that have personalities that over time people will get to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I, I definitely think ownership is the, is sort of the key uh, sort, of, sort of feature, really. And um, I, I think once more generally I talk with gamers once once they sort of get a taste of what ownership is compared to what they sort of somehow think it is which is some sort of ex exploitative thing well, you know it's kind of weird how that's sort of gone you know the wrong way around <laughs> ownership is actually giving giving it to the gamer not that's that's not exploitative that's you <laughs> you own it rather than owning nothing at the moment and it's sort of a very high level basic concept but but I think once, exactly. that, once that penny drops or well, you know yeah and I and I, as I said I think there will be another bull market it's going to come and all the naysayers who are saying, I told you so, Bitcoin going to zero are going to go quiet again. Hmm. It's just weird. Like we have this <laughs> thing where people want to see other people fail instead of, you know, they, they, they want to, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand human nature sometimes. But I can tell you that, um, you know, I've been uh, in this space long enough to know where I think things are going. And, uh, you know, I've had uh, luckily sort of multiple um, uh, proof points to show that I, I, I've, I've, I may have been too early in some time, you know, in some things that mm -hmm. I've gotten involved with, uh, which, which is good and bad. Uh, but, <laughs> but in this case, I think we're, we're hitting it at just at the right time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cool. And, um, I guess to end up, let's, let's get a bit more detail on, on, uh, Mecca flight club. So what, what's actually sort of going on there? You've got a certain amount of NFTs there, you know, are you looking to sort of move into some sort of sort of playable are you going to do a new drop what, what's what's public that we should be sort of looking out for yeah so so we, we have uh we have a, a few you know nfts that are out there already they're on magic eden people can go look them yeah. up if they want to um uh we're, we're not doing any other nft drops uh okay. we are our next step is to launch the dojo which is coming soon okay uh cool. the, the dojo is a training facility uh where you start to train your birds and learn more about them um people will be able to share those experiences online they're hilarious i mean they're very funny training a bird to do like a Bruce Lee move, you know, from yeah, an old Bruce Lee movie. And then the sound effects that go along with it and stuff, it's just hilarious. And then um, people will start sharing those experiences online. And then shortly after that, the fights start with the cockpit. The cockpit okay. are the amateur fights that start um, mm. in sometime in December. Okay, so it's pretty pretty soon then you're going to be... Yeah. Rolling out, rolling out proper proper features and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, cool. and if anyone if anyone wants to buy a bird uh, right now, the only way to do it is on Magic Eden. But there's a secondary market out there. I mean, there's people out there that that you know want to trade uh, NFTs and stuff like that. So yeah, you can you can you can go pick one up there. Yeah, when I looked, I don't think they were too they were too outrageous. About two hundred dollars, I think, the floor at the moment, which is yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not it's not, not nothing, bad. but it's not it's not a board ape. So you know, somewhere between the two, you find yeah, right, find a exactly. <laughs> Lovely, cool. Well, thank you very much, Rahul, for for uh, telling us what's going on there and sort of painting a bit of the picture. Maybe maybe good to come back next year when things are uh, a bit more in the open and we can kind of check back in, see how things yeah, are. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, good luck with your podcast, John. It's on to <laughs> on to the next hundred. 
Well, now I know I've got competition for the next 100 yeah. years. I have to stop training <laughs> up my children, so clearly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, thank you to Rahul for being on, on the podcast, and thank, thanks to you uh, for watching or listening, depending on how you're consuming the podcast. Uh, please subscribe uh, to the channel. Uh, every episode, we're talking to the people who are building out this sort of crazy, crazy world of, of, of blockchain games, which I think is personally, I think it's fascinating, and I think it's going to be a massive disruption of, of sort of the games and experiences in the communities that we've, that we've all sort of enjoyed over the last sort of 20 years. Um, so uh, please... Uh, Hope, yeah, come along for the ride. Hope you enjoy it. See you next time.